Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. You can earn four times points on your top two eligible spending categories every month, like transit, U.S. restaurants, and gas stations. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Four times points on up to $150,000 in purchases per year. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Account, Instagram account to get all the particulars of the trade, the first real trade of the offseason. And that, of course, is the Braves getting Aaron Bummer from the Chicago White Sox in a six-player deal. A lot of pitchers going back and forth. And this is what we're going to do for you because we like to take things next level. Brian Bannister, who is the pitching guy. Uh, we'll just call him the pitching guy. The pitching guy, not the pitching coach, but the pitching guy, came over from the Giants and is a pitching guru, knows all the things when it comes to under the hoods of pitchers. He is the guy, he is one of the most valuable acquisitions the White Sox could ever have. Brian Bannister is returning to the podcast, and he'll be dropped, uh, that episode will be dropped on Monday, and we're going to give you behind the scenes and a breakdown of this trade. So there you go. You're welcome. At BB isn't boring. At BB isn't boring. Also, fanduel.com slash boring. Check it out. They're great. Money, free money on top of free money. All right. Well, speaking of free money, I stayed at Joe Kelly's house for free in the GM meetings. And there was an incident. There was a, a problem. So what happened was that there was a kerfuffle in front of his front door and so i didn't know what was happening a planner was overturned next thing i know well you're gonna have to listen go to app bb isn't boring once again to check it out to check out uh the video of it on on the ring camera and uh, I had gone on the podcast. I've gone on this podcast. I'm play Tessie podcast. It'll explain what had happened. But this is the first time that Joe explained what happened from his perspective and when he saw the video on the ring camera, the same ring camera that he used to videotape Brock Holt leaving his house doing different dances and things like that. But you got so that's part of today's podcast. It's not the meat and potatoes, but so we have the we have the Godfather on Joe Kelly. So we have Joe talking about his perspective behind the scenes of the chaos that ensued at his house. We have Joe talking about his free agency, 
which you know I think offers some insight into where he might go. And we have Joe answering the question, what happens if he lands with the Dodgers and Shohei Atani lands with, with Dodgers and number 17 is desired by Otani? That would be Joe Kelly's number 17. So you're going to have to find out. Let's just say it's not coming for free. All right, we have that. And we have my great friend, Alex Spear. Used to work with him at WEI.com. He works at the Boston Globe now. He had MVP vote. And, of course, we have the MVP, which is Shohei Itani in the American League and Ronald Acuna Jr. in the National League. And Alex is so good at taking things next level. And that's exactly what he does on this podcast. Uh, he explains why he voted what he did. And also, we, we at the very end, we talk a little bit about Acuna Jr. Like, how crazy is he got 30 place, first place votes. Mookie gets 30 second place votes. And it should have been like unbelievably close. It, so this is by far the most interesting voting of any of the awards that have come out this week. But, all right. Alex is great. First, we're going to give you Joe. So Joe goes, you know, we have a quick Joe, Godfather Joe, talking about chaos in his house, talking about free agency, talking about the Otani number. Then we get into Alex and all of his excellence. All right, here you go. Here's Joe. Look at you. Look at you, Joe Kelly. Look at you. Clean shaven, taking care of kids. All right, let's get right to it. Am I the reason that do you feel like ultimately I'm the reason you have a ring camera at your house? <laughs> I didn't have one until honestly you stayed there. And I was like, I told my neighbor, hey, I bought this ring camera from Amazon. Go install it real quick. I want to see what Rob Bradford's doing. <laughs> Can you, from your perspective, I gave my perspective on the podcast, I think the other day. Uh huh. Give me your perspective of how stuff went down. Me, me, the ring camera at your house. <laughs> well, you sent me a photo and it was just the dirt at first, right? And I was like, why is this guy sending me my flower pots tipped over? And I knew those things were pretty heavy. And so I was like, oh, the wind or that delivery guy maybe didn't know or something. And then you sent me a photo of the, <laughs> the dead animal and I was like, that kind of that kind of looks like a baby javelina, but I was like, that don't make no sense. So then I was like, well, let's figure out how there's this dead animal there. So then I didn't know my ring was still had battery, right? And so I went to go check back in the ring history, and there was a bunch of clips like motion. I was like, oh sweet. And so I started clicking through, and I was like, oh my god, there's a pack of javelinas. Like first of all, we used to see them all the time, and I haven't seen them in like a year, maybe more. Yeah. And the reason, the way you know that they're there, they're always by me because I'm like way north, but you could smell them usually. Like, I mean, you could smell them from like five houses down. You're like, oh, javelinas in the area because they smell terrible. And so I started like watching the video and I saw like the whole pack and then I saw babies. I was like, oh my God. So the clip ends and I was like, I was like, oh my God. Somehow this thing killed a baby. So then I watched the next clip and I saw them eating all the flowers because like, they eat my pots. And I was like, Oh my God, they, one of these things tipped it over and I didn't expect like one to grab it off like a flower and pull it down. I expected like one, like trying to get something behind and just like bumping it over. 
and I didn't expect it to be the mom. You know what I mean? So then that clip ended. Next clip, next clip comes on, and big javelina is eating it. Next, I see another big javelina come by. Two babies underneath the mom, like because they stay underneath because the mom will feed it. And all of a sudden, one goes up with its snout and bites it and pulls. And when it tugged, I started seeing a tip, and I was like, "Here it comes!" And then just smash. You hear it smash, and you can hear like javelina in the background going like, argh, argh. and then all of a sudden, I see like a baby like right by it and i was like is this head smash like what the hell is that one doing and that one was just frozen because it was like shocked you know what i mean it was just sitting there and i was like there was two and now one walked away and i was like oh my goodness the mom just smushes hobbling so i went like slow-mo to see like the video see how it happens and one gets underneath the mom's legs and the mom bites it, the mom backs away the one on the side was fine because it didn't hit it but the one that was underneath the mom didn't obviously didn't have time to move and then just got completely smashed and i was like first of all i was like dang that is crazy and second of all, i was like how sad the mom killed her own baby on accident you know trying to feed it but then i was like oh my gosh are you gonna see like blood are you gonna see anything crazy but you can't see it like it just hides it's just and then so i was like oh my god i'm keep going further and so i went to the next video and it was like eight minutes or nine minutes later like time lapse and all of a sudden it's rob bradford walking out of my house on his phone locks lock gets the key locks the door does something with the key and then walks right past the mess on the ground because you didn't see it. And then on the way back, I get another clip and it's like, you know, hours or whatever hours. And you come back and then you notice it on the ground. You're like, huh, that's funny. And then forward to the next clip. Next day you come out, you're like, all right, I'm going to move this thing. The next and morning. So, yeah, the next, next morning. morning. Next morning clip comes out and it's like you like, all right, what do I do with this? So then you go to pick up the flower pot, right? And like you're looking around and then you look down and you like walk and then you finally notice it. And you notice something dead right there and you go... And then you just freeze there for like 15, 20 seconds, just looking down. You're like, and then you started doing this with your hands, like talking to yourself, like, <laughs> and I was like, what are you doing? I didn't, what were you telling yourself at that moment, by the way? I, I, I was trying to figure out, well, first off to go back, I'm like, what happened? I thought someone tried breaking in your house. So I went, I didn't deal with it. I locked the doors like five times. I locked the bedroom door. Like I was, I, I, I was, didn't know what. The gated community, Rob. <laughs> yeah, but still, like th- those are some of the da- most dangerous ones. So, uh, not in Arizona. Everyone's got guns. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, and then when I pick it up and I see it, at first I thought, is that a squirrel? It's too big for a squirrel and it has hoofs. And now I'm thinking, did I do something wrong? What do I do? And then, like, and then I knew I, you had the ring camera, so I'm like, well, I'm going to document it. So I took a picture. Yeah, that was a good call that you said. Look at your ring. Yeah, well, you know, I, I you know, how I remember that? How? Because of the Brock Holt. <laughs> right. Yes. Remember From when, all the ring videos. It was the same house, right? Same exact house. Yeah. So Brock. That's would, a bad luck door right there. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, we've had bobcats, javelinas. I saw, I have a video of a bird dying. Yeah. The bird comes and hits the glass door and just dies instantly. I have that. I got rattlesnake videos, uh, owl, an owl land. I got everything. That's like the weirdest. Like when we first moved there, all this happened within a year. And we're like, we, our house was built on a pet cemetery. But, but I, I, you asked me what I was thinking. I was just thinking, like, yeah, yeah I, I got you. Uh, I was thinking like, what did I do wrong? What, 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 like I was, I'm at some, you, you know, 
so what 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 did I do wrong? And and uh and so yeah. I documented everything and then you came back and then you texted back after you found it. You're like, ah, it's hilarious. Not this hilarious that the the little Havelina died. But it was like your reaction was hilarious. Yeah. You said you I was saying things. I don't know if I was saying things, but but then you're so, mumbling something to yourself. <laughs> but here's the thing. So I didn't tell you this. I didn't want to stay there anymore. So what? I didn't want to like I was petrified. So I went I stayed there another night in Arizona. Yeah. I got a hotel because I was petrified that I was gonna walk up to that door and the the parent javelinas were gonna attack me. Uh, like come back for their baby. Yeah, come back like you you like you left you killed. And by the way, I couldn't find a shovel, so you said just keep it there. My dad, my dad did it. Oh, did he? All right. Yeah. All right. Well, good. Anyway. Uh, all right. Well, <laughs> we got that out of the way. Uh, real quick. Um, how does this, this is a t- terrible segue. How does this free agency size seem differently for you? How does it seem different? Yeah. Does it seem different yet? Do you feel like it's um, I feel like, no, I, I, I don't. I feel like it's just the offseason. And I kind of enjoy it, you know what I mean? Um, I haven't really got into season mode or, or thinking about signing yet, obviously. Uh, first, we got Thanksgiving, vacations, you know, Christmas. Um, I know things will start to pick up, you know, during winter meetings and, you know, when other guys start signing. Um, but like I said, it's one of those things where, you know, I'm, uh, I feel like I'm playing with, you know, house money right now. I've, you know, had a great career so far. Um, you know, I'm having a fun time, you know, coaching and playing with my kids and, you know, taking care of sick kids right now. Knox are up today. Other babies are sick. Kai's sleeping. You know, Ashley's going to work out. So I'm here, you know, with four children who are under the weather. Um, and it's fun for me. And, you know, I kind of lost my voice, which is okay. But, yeah, free agency hasn't felt any different. You know, it, hasn't, it just kind of feels like the off offseason. Um, you know, I think once I start, working out and you know i throw i still do all my throwing with Knox and his travel team and throw multiple times a week um but i think once i start getting the grind of you know preparing for spring training it will seem you know all right well you know what team am i going to play for um but since i haven't started you know throwing off the mound or, or you know working out super hard i think uh it just has felt you know like a typical option and you weren't surprised the dodgers didn't pick up your option no not at all no no it was one of those things that I mean, I already knew. I already knew my option would get picked up from any team, you know, when I started the year. Plus, gonna, plus for myself, it's 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 a better opportunity for me. I you know, I'm not gonna you know limit myself you know for other teams and you know this time around for agency. Um, but like I said, I've I've played long enough where you know I kind of get a have a chance to you know pick where I want to play, um, you know what area, what team, and you know, it's probably, you know, I'm 35. I'm sure, you know, the multi-year deals are, you know, slim, slim, obviously, but, you know, playing one years and, and not being tied down for, you know, multiple years is, is probably, you know, my, my favorite idea that I have for myself and my family where, you know, like I said, if it's my family wants me to hang it up and, you know, I'd say I signed a three-year deal. It's like, well, I can't quit on the team, you know, halfway through, um, you know, do one-year deals. I have all the power and, you know, 
in, in my hands where I could be like, well, I played that year. And if I want to play again, I can. Or if I don't, like, I won't feel bad for letting the team down who signed me. You know what I mean? Um, you know, obviously, if it's the right situation and, and, you know, my family's okay with it and school and, you know, sports and all the things with, that my kids do, um, you know, multi-years is, is fine. But, you know, I kind of, at this point in my career, you know, want to have more control. Can I tell you? I'm going to admit something to you. What did you? What did you got? At the GM meetings, I may or may not have told a GM. I said I'll steer a certain high leverage relief pitcher your way if you come on my podcast. <laughs> can I? Can I? Who, who was on your podcast during during? Well, that nobody's died. It has not yet happened. Has not yet. And gotcha. He's and he threw out a number, and you'll be proud of me. I said sorry, not going to get it done. I'm not going to get it well, done. I like that. Yeah. You're such a good yeah. friend, co-author, podcaster, yeah. agent, co-author. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, if you do, and here's the last question, Joe, because I know you got to take care of the kids. Very important. Everyone wants to know the Otani question. Yeah. What happens if Otani signs with the Dodgers and you sign with the Dodgers? Or, I mean, it could be, you know, you sign with a team and Otani signs. Well, no, the Dodgers, because the Dodgers, like you, yeah. there's, listen, there's, there's murals of you with number 17. What what does that scenario look like? Um, Like, what do you mean? Like, do you give him the number? Do you keep the number? Oh, you're talking about my number? Yeah, the number. Oh, no, I have 11 years of service time. I've, I've been in the league twice as long as him. You know, that's one of those things where, Unless he wants to buy me a nice car, I'll give up my number. Is you that know? what it, is that what it would be? This is, is would it be a car? It, it would probably take. Uh, I'm re- redoing my house right now, so it'd probably take, you know, an eighth of, of my my bill that I have to pay my contractor. What's that? What's that come out to? A lot of money. A nice new car. Uh, so all right, so let it be said, let it be done. Shohei, you're welcome to Shohei Atani being your teammate. But it's going to cost. Of course, him. I would love him. But it's going to cost him a car if he wants number seventeen. Yeah, of course. Or just I'll give him my contractor's number and his Zell, and you could Zell him over. You know, a big payment. <laughs> well, what you do have him that million dollars you just got? Does oh that, yeah. Well, it hasn't came yet. The buyout is the buyout. Does that come in one lump sum? I believe it does. Oh, I know. Man, Christmas time. It comes like December in December. Wow. All right. Well, all right. I'll, I'll look for a nice Christmas present for you, Rob. Uh, you're not being sincere. Thank you, though. You, you, your, your Christmas present was letting me almost die at your house. I can't believe you were spooked. It was. It was I couldn't do it. I couldn't. I was. I mean, those things have tusks. They're, they're like, mean. They're neat. They have attacked people with dogs. And, you, and so you said eight minutes. It was eight minutes between when they were like between the, the time of death. Literally left to where you walk out. Where I like walked out. Yeah. Holy man. Did you ever did you ever look and see how uh type in Hoblina running in Phoenix and you could see how fast they are. They are so fast. What what would have happened if I walked out when they were there? Would they have attacked me? No uh I mean they were hungry. I think they would have been spooked. I think they would have ran. Whether they were, were going to eat me? No, nah, if they felt threatened, they—that's when they attack. They usually don't attack, but if they feel threatened, they'll—they'll they'll like charge. Yeah, 
So which is which is a better ring? Which was how would you power rank the ring camera? Um, me, Brock Holt. Brock is probably better. Mine was just like a reaction. It wasn't your reaction. Yeah, I liked your reaction a lot. If Brock you, had Brock had many videos though, but you could have done my reaction. Could have been a meme because I if you watch it real close, I do like the MC Hammer slide step. Yeah, and then you're like. <laughs> anyway all right you gotta go all right all right bro. all right all right there you go we got a lot done with joe in a little amount of time he's got kids throwing up all over the place but as he said he loves it he loves it all right alex spear alex spear of the boston globe he is the perfect guy to talk to when it comes to what's what when it came to the American League MVP voting and even the National League MVP voting. Once again, at BB isn't boring. Thank you so much. Liam Skiffington, he's got a good one for stat. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. On Saturday, he's got a good one. I'm not going to spoil it, but he's got a good one coming up. And then he gets on the plane to Dubai along with our guy, WBC Central's Sean Spradling. Well, we, there is no podcast that will be covering things in Dubai better than baseballs and boring. All right. Well, speaking of no podcast covering things better, that's exactly what we did when it comes to M- MVP voting. Thanks to Alex Spear. Here's Alex. What an action-packed podcast it is today. Alex, you don't even know this, but... You're part of the the podcast. By, by the way, you're following up the day is buzzing about Zach Scott's return to uh, the MLB uh, trade life. Uh, great stuff from Zach. You know Zach. You, I do know Zach, and he offers great insight into the MLB trade life. He does. He did. He did. Um, but also, in this podcast, this one, you are part of, you are being lumped in to the family of this podcast with not only some in celebration of opening day we've got a special episode of the moth podcast for you the theme is baseball and the surprising ways it connects people i gaze out at the players on the field and then i uh, i look over at my dad and i i realize that in the silence between us that something has changed it's like i'm seeing him for the first time Two stories about baseball, family, and so much more. The episode's available right now. Subscribe to the Moth Podcast to make sure you hear it. Great MVP talk, which we're going to talk about. You had a vote for MVP, and spoiler alert, you voted for Shohei Itani. But also earlier in this podcast was Joe Kelly explaining from his side of things the very, very wildly talked about Javelina um, death in front of his house, which I was part of. Um, yeah, I, I saw the aftermath of. I, I saw how shaken you were for the in the hours that followed that, Rob. And uh, you know, I'm I'm I, I'm heartbroken for the Havelina family. I would also like to point out um, that. Uh, in addition to the nickname that has been conferred upon me, which I, I hold dear, of Stat Masterson, uh, I also have, have been given one other nickname uh, in the baseball community, and that is from a uh, longtime coach, 
Goose Gregson of the Red Sox, uh, who calls me Javelina, which translates in from Spanish to English as spear. So, oh, really? Yeah. Fortunately, fortunately, you and all your babies are alive. So, it's- yes, yes, none of my children have been crushed. <laughs> although uh, Gavin did recently fall and uh, and injure himself, mm, so he's, he's had a tough go of things in 2023. It's the uh, it's the it's the three degrees of Joe Kelly's ring camera. So, <laughs> I, I mean, honestly, like there's there's there there's surely a Netflix series to be done. <laughs> what's what's happened? What, what, what happened? <laughs> what, happened in his, what happened in Joe Kelly's foray? Yes. Uh, yeah. So uh, also he mentions um, something that I hadn't really taken into account. Speaking of Otani, was you know, all these teams are going to be lined up for Otani, but part of the deal is, do you have a number that Otani can wear? Because this is the story behind the story. Even though Joe's a free agent, you know, everyone, the Dodgers are clearly in the mix for his services, but he also wears number 17. So, and he has said, and on this podcast that you're on right now, he just said that, that he will not give up 17 unless Shohei Atani buys him A, a car, or B, pays for a significant amount of money for him, uh, his, his house redevelopment. So it's, uh, yes. And then looking it up, the Red Sox, maybe they'll clear up some room on that number 17 roster. Luis Urias, he's number 17. Rangers have a roadblock. Nathan Avaldi, number 17. You know, so some drama going on. I like it. It's the the story behind the story, Robbie B. No doubt. No it's, doubt. It's. Anyway, enough of that. You voted for Itani. Shocking. Congratulations. Congratulations to you. Thank you. Uh, uh, it wasn't tough, right? It wasn't, that wasn't, it was a tough one. It wasn't, no. It wasn't, right. it wasn't. So let me, so let me go through the people who you voted for. And do you, let me ask you this. The times that I vote for MVP, so this is 10 names. Do you yep. ever, do you ever, and you, you have to submit it obviously the last day or right before the playoffs. Yep. In those days and weeks after, do you ever think, did I check the right box? Because you don't, <laughs> you don't, you don't want it to come out like I remember when Altuve and Judge did I did I do that? And you also don't want to be the get the wrong name because it's a drop down. So who was the one guy that oh, was right? Like the Mark Jackson? Like oh yeah, my bad. I meant to uh, I meant to vote for uh, uh, I I, uh, I meant to vote for uh, Denver. Who am I? Denver Nuggets. Who am I? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, like. Yeah, I forgot to put him on my. Do you ever get that in in the in the in the month or so after? You ever have that anxiety or no? You pretty locked in that I did this right, Rob. It's I have so many different sources of anxiety in my life that it's really difficult to parse out what role, what what place that one holds. Like it's just it's 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 a it's a light rain in a steadily flowing series of delta of streams. That is the MVP voting in a nutshell by Alex. <laughs> uh, all right. So I'm going to ask you this. So you voted for 10 people. You got that right. That was great. Yes. Uh, Thanks. I'm going to ask you which ones was the, which one was the hardest one. Because sometimes there's a flip, you know, there's uh, whether it's third or fourth or eighth or ninth or whatever it is. 
Oh, so you went Otani, Seager, J. Rod, Simeon, Tucker, Diaz, Yandy Diaz, Bobby Wood Jr., Adley Rushman, Aaron Judge, Jordan Alvarez. Was there was did it just come down to the end? Was there one in the middle that you had a hard time juggling a, a group juggling there? What was the toughest one for you? One and two, like lock solid, super easy, straight, very straightforward. Um, I did at one point wrestle with the question of uh, of whether or not Simeon's ability to stay on the field, um, and for that matter, uh, Julio Rodriguez's should um, should outweigh the limited performance of uh, of Seager given his injury time. But uh, that one was pretty straightforward. Uh, spent a pretty good amount of time. Like honestly, beyond that, um, I thought that uh, I thought that three and four were for me pretty clear. Um, in some order, it was, you know, Julio Semyon, Semyon Julio, um, not too difficult. Uh, both of them, you know, there was, there was something of an apples to apples comparison, uh, that you were able to do given that, um, they both had the strength of bodies of, of like full season bodies of work. Uh, Julio was, um, Julio was a kind of a second half comet, um, you know, and Semyon had been steady all the way through, but, um, you know, go back and forth and, you know, you come out where you do, um, Tucker, I thought was Tucker and Yandi Diaz. I went back and forth a little bit in that five six uh, area, and that comes. That's where it started coming down to more um, questions of what do you value, right? Like I, I put a lot of stock in things like uh, win probability added and uh, win probability added, um, kind of uh, weighted um, for the number of opportunities that you have to make an impact in those moments, because I do think that. Uh, I, I do not use war in. I, oh, I you don't. So, do. so let me stop you right there. It wasn't, and maybe we've had this discussion, but it wasn't that long ago. I know for a fact that 75% of the MVP voters not only started with war, but leaned on it so heavily it was nuts. And this is, you know, this was the, um, you know, Mike Trout, for instance. You know, Mike Trout, I remember played in 114 games or something, yeah. and he finished fourth. But he had the war. Like sure. so so that's that's really interesting to me. But well, so this is a I do my own research uh type of uh type of thing, right? Like I've become increasingly um reluctant to use uh the the main sources of, of war. Uh, I've uh, uh, both fan graphs and baseball reference over concerns about how they calculate the defensive impact of players. Um and I think that um I, I think that we've gotten to a better place with calculating defensive value based on what's happening with statcast and with uh with the information that's there for outs above average, which is um which accounts for positioning and does a really good job of of comparing individual plays uh to league average outcomes. So that's so that's part of so once you recognize that then you kind of have to abandon war um you can use you can theoretically use offensive war or you can use runs above average uh that are from those sites um but if you want to use someone else's defensive stuff then you start putting your own stuff together and and i also think um i am not a huge fan of the positional adjustments that occur um, on fan graphs or on baseball reference. Um, they basically say like, okay, you're a catcher. Uh, your offense is worth 12 and a half runs more than an average player because catcher offense sucks. Well, it doesn't suck that much, right? They use the same value, I think, on a year over year basis. And um, it's not as simple as like, 
it's not as simple as that because overall catcher offense uh, changes from year to year. Some years it might be worth more than 12 and a half runs if you're an average player. Sometimes it might be worth less. So I had to make my own positional adjustments and that sort of thing. I still did come at it partly from a statistical standpoint, but pulling together my own, the like my own sources of information that I cared about to kind of create my own little version of war um, and partly based on subjective conversations that I had with a lot of people, um, front office members and managers and players um, across a number of teams over the last month of the season. So anyway, uh, sorry for that tangent, but no, no, um, it's, not, it's good because like, I'll come back to what I said. I think that not only that they used to, but I think the majority of people still use war as a jumping off point. Yeah. Which, I, you know, and I, I get it. Like it's super convenient. It's, it's way. It's, well, you it's, just said it. I mean, you just said it. It's, 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 Super convenient, and yeah. and that's the problem. I do think, I do think that more people are trying harder to get it right. I mean, yeah. I, and and that's. I'm not. I, I normally I would say that's not a knock on the people who are voting for, but it was absolutely a knock on the people who are voting for. I mean, you oh. and I, you and I, for years, whether it was a Hall of Fame or whether it was this voting, you know, we sat idly by, and we like what. Like what? <laughs> so anyway. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, we should credit, you know, we should credit the involvement and the passion of of fans of the game, right? Like yes. the fact that like for better and worse, like, okay, like the vitriol that's associated, like, you know, there's a lot of vitriol. There's a lot of nasty stuff that exists um, and a lot of blowback for like, you voted this way. You're an idiot, which um, unnecessary. Stability, always possible, like always, uh, always uh, worth pursuing. But um, at the same time, like that's under that vitriol and the impassioned response to votes has undeniably created um, a different set of uh, a different set of expectations regarding the amount of work that people are going to do, I think, in terms of putting together these votes, as has the fact that the uh, the veil is off. Um, You know, the voters are accountable for how they vote, and so you better be able to have a defensible position. It's so true. The checks and balances, even when you get to you know, 7, 8, 9, 10, if you, th- you throw yep. in one, you throw in your buddy, like, you better be ready. I mean, that's yeah. – yeah, so, so, Which I love. Right. I love people who have the courage, like, not not the buddy thing, but, you know, to, right. um, to kind of buck the industry well, trend. Well, yeah, like, so uh, Paul Sullivan voted for Chris Martin, number five, yeah. right? Okay, you know, if, if you get to that point, if you're talking about the the, you're the last vote on your Cy Young ballot and you're yeah. not, you don't think anyone's blown you away and you're like, hey, you know what? This guy in his role excelled more than anyone else. All right. Like, it, it, it's, it, at least you can form an argument about it. Um, so yeah. anyway. Defend it. Like, yeah. have an opinion. Great. What uh? So you go Tucker Diaz, Witt Jr., Rushman, Judge Alvarez. Um, any uh, any Hemin and Hahn fixing things at the last minute or anything like that? Yeah, I slid things around quite a bit. Um, I think that like Rushman, for instance, was someone who I think that um, I, I don't think that there's. I, I think that all of our metrics undervalue the impact that a catcher can make. Um, and I think that part of what was remarkable about uh, remarkable about the Orioles this year was their run prevention, right? So, like having like Rutschman based on based on the numbers uh, probably wouldn't have 
uh, wouldn't have made my top 10. Um, but I think that there's like considerable hidden value to what he does, both because I think that his offense relative to that of a normal catcher um, was pretty extraordinary. Like it's just such a, such a massive advantage for them. And then um most of the defensive metrics related to catching, uh, reward framing, and how you handle the catch and throw part of the game. The reason why the Orioles were a 100-win team this year was because they had a bunch of pitchers who performed at a better, at a higher level than at any time in their lives. And mm-hmm. I think that uh, I think that catchers still have a lot to do with that. I think that you know, I, I think that what happens uh, that there is a kind of like mysterious magic that occurs between pitcher and catcher that we can't evaluate because we don't know what a pitcher, what a catcher is calling for or how many pitchers call their own games that sort of thing but you know you talk to people around the Orioles and they think that you know think that Rutschman had a huge role in the development of guys like Kyle Bradish as an elite pitcher and uh, among others right like their pitching staff was awesome and they are you know and they weren't supposed to be and I think that he had a role in that so um, that's one where I kind of uh, where I you know, even though probably like from a purely statistical standpoint or from a war standpoint, Gunnar Henderson was probably the better candidate. Um, I, I ended up going with Rutschman. Um, I really struggled with um, probably with that back half of the ballot quite a bit more than I did with the top half, I would say. Um, for instance, Alvarez, awesome, awesome season, like incredible performer, didn't play that much. But um, something that swung hugely in his favor uh, was, first of all, like his uh, he's basically Shohei in the box. Right. Like he played fewer games, but he's Shohei in the box. Um, and secondly, uh, his win probability added numbers were insane. Like the uh, the critical the, the nature of critical hits that he had, um, the he was an absolute difference maker uh, based on when his production occurred. Like the reason why the Astros were in the playoffs was enormously linked to the timing of Jordan Alvarez's hits. And I, I do not want the MVP award. That's the other thing I don't like about war. Like it too, it too frequently divorces what a player does from the context of a game. Like you're credited the same for hitting a home run in a, in an 11, nothing game as you would be for an RBI single in a one-to-one tie in the ninth inning and that's why i really think it's important to look at win probability added um because the game matters the game should matter to figuring out who the most valuable player is and so alvarez was someone who really uh who really got a huge boost based on that okay so you bring up alvarez so you have this is this is a part that's fascinating to me you have judge and alvarez right 106 Mm -hmm. games 114 games as you mentioned um, now I'm not saying you're right or wrong, but you're saying you're wrong, Rob. <laughs> I kind of am. No, I, I know, but I, no, I, I think it's, but this is, this comes back to when I, uh, the year that I had a vote, I, I had a vote other years, but this, uh, one of the years I had a vote for MVP was the trout year, the aforementioned trout year. I think he played mm-hmm. 114 games as well. And, uh, and I voted him ninth. And I think he finished fourth. And my ninth place vote was nobody came close to voting him that low. And I was shocked. And my mm-hmm. reasoning was, is when you look at, and this is unfair, but it's just the reality. When you look at the rules, when you look at what yeah. MVP voting, the number two thing is what, Alex? It is, uh, it's like games played, right? Games played. Yeah. So, so is that right? No. 
Maybe not, but that's the rule. And so when we're when yeah. we're going by this, that's what I because obviously as great as these players are, and I think it's different if you're putting Judge and Alvarez in nine and ten is mm-hmm. compared to voting Trout is number four. Yeah, um, but if if we're we can't we can't just say we'll project that Mike Trout is going to do this as great as he is and yeah. and also that's the rule and when I put that out there the obvious answer was well those rules were made in 1930 something like okay then change no. them right you know? so, no, so just totally tell me why I'm full of crap you're not um and you know it basically I, I think that this year required an act of collective voter nullification of that standard. And uh, that was, I, I was honestly uncomfortable with that aspect of what I was doing. But then at the same time, like unquestionably, the two most valuable players in the American League this year, like we've already, like we are through the looking glass people, right? Like we're already, uh, we're already through Shohei with his 135 games being a runaway winner yeah. and Corey Seager with his 50 games missed being a runaway second place finisher. So we're, so like by that standpoint, like I, I, like I, I actually wrestled with that and considered, uh, considered, really penalizing all three of those guys significantly. Um, and ultimately, uh, it represented an act of voter nullification of uh, yeah. of one of the standards. Right. Like and, and I, had to I'm, do that in order to vote for any right. of those guys. And, and, and this goes to, and I think you're right. I think that we've reached the point which, like a lot of things in baseball, times changed. Expectations changed. Standards changed. So, hey, BBWA. It's okay. It's okay. Sit down and sh- take that one out, or at least bump it down to whatever number eight on your on your list. Um, so, was who was number eleven? Uh, I had. Uh, let me let me look back at my uh, at my little composite. Um, I had. I gave significant consideration uh, to both uh, Jose Ramirez and to Luis Robert. Okay, but not close to Alvarez. Uh, oh yeah, they were close. Yeah. I, I mean, like, I, I would have, I, I would have felt comfortable including either of those guys, probably anywhere from five to ten. Um, I, I think that you basically, for me this year, like, I, I think that there was a clear top four, and then beyond that, I, I think that you had, like, I, I was pretty comfortable with like roughly five through twelve. Like, and frankly, like, you know, could have expanded it beyond that if you wanted to include pitchers. Which I consider doing with uh, with guys like Cole and Gossman and the you know the uh, this you know the the Twins pitchers. I thought all merited some consideration. Like I, I think that really the separation for me between roughly five and you know five and fifteen was was pretty low. Okay, um, Alex. The last thing because I know you got to take more calls from uh, from Shohei Itani reporters, um, but. The last thing is, and and God bless him because like because Shohei uh, did not uh, did not deliver on the post uh, oh, on no. the post MVP award interview. So, yeah, what a yeah. shock! Um, I'm I'm sure that he will be penalized in the millions of dollars that he'll he'll yes. uh, leave on the table because yes. we yes. can't sign that guy. It will be, well, or or that money will be set aside. Specifically for Joe Kelly into seventeen. I, mean, I don't know. Like, is it worth it? A car for number seventeen? I don't know. I, who knows? We're gonna find out. Um, 
Speaking of the Dodgers, I was surprised. I was of all these votings, all that were at the end of it, right? All the all the different votes for all the different things. The the fact that Acuna Jr. won every first place vote. Mookie obviously won every second place vote. But I had heard more debate going into that last week about this writers who were saying, I don't know what to do. Like, I don't know what to do. Like, this is and and there was cases all over the place. And and I think this one came down to Alex. And I know this isn't what you voted for, but you clearly know about it. You know, I think this one came down to you have these historic traditional numbers. And they were so historic that it, people just couldn't get past that. They couldn't. Yeah. They couldn't get past that to look at. Well, you know, a lot of these stolen bases were worthless stolen bases, and he wasn't a good base runner. And you know, it's you know, and, and all this, and you know, Mookie Betts's all this, all these uh, next level stats are favor him. You just, I think, it's just it was the the seventy forty thing. You just couldn't get past it. I mean, that's my takeaway from it. First of all, I would like to note that Eric Davis would have been a 50, like 100 guy in 19, uh, in 1980, <laughs> uh, in 1985, had he remained healthy that year. So let's just get that out of the way. <laughs> the boogie E was unbelievable. Uh, but uh, moving beyond that, you're so right. Like the history thing is one that um, entrances voters. We've seen it time and time again. 1941, Ted Williams is the triple crown winner, but Joe DiMaggio has the hitting streak, even though Ted Williams was the better hitter during those 56 games. Yeah. Never mind. It's okay. Uh, he hit four. Doesn't matter. He's still not going to win MVP because someone did something historic. 2000, 2012, uh, the is, you know, is the first Trout versus, uh, versus yep. Cabrera debate. Cabrera's won the triple crown. So, oh, the fact that Mike Trout is like the greatest bases, the greatest five-tool player that we've seen since freaking Willie Mays, or excuse me, since Eric Davis, uh, doesn't <laughs> matter. Doesn't matter. It uh, you know, it it you you end up being swamped by history. Aaron Judge last year, relative to Otani, certainly benefited from the fact if Aaron Judge had 60 homers instead of 62, does he beat Otani in the MVP voting last year? I don't know, maybe not. Maybe not. Yeah. I think that it's really difficult to ignore. There's there's a historic resonance of uh, of something of landmark achievements that is alluring for voters, and that's not wrong. Like it's it's there. These are thing accomplishments that are worthy of recognition. But I do think it's incredible to note. The, the fact that it was 31st place votes oh. for Acuna Jr. and 32nd place votes for Mookie speaks to the fact that like. But for one guy, and maybe like had he hit three fewer homers or whatever, Mookie would have been an MVP, a unanimous MVP. Uh, and uh, it's like you, I'm I'm not sure if that's ever happened before. Thirty firsts and thirty, like with just unanimity on both first and second. That was amazing. But I, but I think and and if somebody if you had one, this is how weird it was too. If you had one person vote for Mookie at number one instead of Acuna Jr. That person actually wouldn't be ridiculed. Like that, you wouldn't be getting like the the besieged of phone calls and everything else. No, it'd be like okay, like that. Yeah. You get noted, you would get separated, but I don't think you would be ridiculed. And that's right. that's crazy. Like that's yeah. yeah right. So it was it was close, but it was close, but clear in the that it was close, but clear in the eyes of thirty people is a remarkable confluence of decision making.
Well, speaking of a marvelous confluence of decision making, that's exactly what you gave us and your your MVP voting and your podcasting. So I appreciate it. Well, I feel like I've been struck by the javelina of uh, of revelation. Thanks to uh, thanks to the Brad Foe. Uh, thanks to thanks to the notion that baseball isn't boring. This podcast is perfectly bookended by javelina talk. I appreciate that <laughs> by the javelina. <laughs>